So I think there's a distinction we have to draw here between recording and not worrying about like editing and just doing this. <laughs> like, yeah, I, but we'll get onto the topic pretty soon. Yeah, we're talking about private. The world. Just read whatever you want to read and yeah. go for it. So I said I, I wrote down conversations and I sort of was thinking about some sort of theory of what's the structure, right? You've got macro level observations which develop into micro analysis of the macro level observations, and you liken that to. You start a conversation macro. What's the weather? That's very vague, broad. There's simple observations. Simple. And you talk about the the type of rain that occurred on Saturday night or something. Yeah, you could. And the possibilities and the the future and the past and what your experiences are. And it divulges into something more micro level and more analytical. And I think analytical doesn't mean you know I'm a massive professor in the US who's got glasses on and stuff. It just means you know like it just means. That's kind of just saying what we do when we converse. What, why yes, do we that conversation first? That's the basic model. I'm, uh, this is my model. So when your people get stuck having conversations with someone they're interested in romantically, and I say it's mainly because they ignore the blade, like the blunt structure of it. It's quite obvious. You or maybe while they're while they're actually okay with talking about macro level things, they're scared to to venture into the micro level. So yes, but. Also, there's a there's a shared uh, default to macro level observations in which the topics of observation are the things that change. So you might say, "Oh, the weather's nice." The other person might say, "Yes, the weather's nice and the grass is green." The other person might, say, you know, there's still macro on both levels. Yeah. What should happen is someone makes an observation, and then the the turn of the speaker is not to continue with broad observations but rather become ever more specific with how they view that one topic. Well, why wouldn't that happen in, um, in relationships like that? There's a default to the, the simple, to the macro, to the blatantly obvious. Because, because it's most easily pleasurable. It's most easily pleasurable, accessible, and also... Or it's just playing it safe. The person's often nervous, right? Yeah, that's, so that's kind of what I was alluding yeah, to. Like, yeah. like People find it difficult, I think, when you're talking to somebody that you're nervous to talk around. You find it difficult to divulge or... Enter into that micro world because as soon as you enter that micro world, you make like um, draw conclusions about things or you make points that kind of are more reflective of what you think. And yeah. sometimes it's yeah. scary you know, sharing your thoughts. Yeah. To share your thoughts, that's effectively what it is. It's scary to share your thoughts, but it's easy to talk about vague things. But I still think, I, st I think this is where people get it wrong is that you can have conversations at like a not intimate level, but at a micro level or a more specific level without even in involving your own thoughts. It's simply just asking questions about things that get even more niche, essentially. Like, someone might say, that desk is green. The person might ask, I wonder why they painted that desk green, instead of then going on to another observation. Mm. And you can do that without ever becoming personal mm. or intimate and sharing your thoughts. It's just questioning. And so it seems like there's a, a the, this concept of a deep conversation revolves around feelings and intimacy rather than the the level of specificity in which the item or topic is based on. So if that's the case then, if deep conversations don't just have to rely on or ex exposing your own thoughts, then why do people shy away from that then? Do they think uh, in a fallacious means that, you know, Possibly going into deep conversations is something that requires there might be a conflation of that, yeah, yeah. and it's that there's possibly an assumption that in doing this extra detail into this thing, I, I, you know, I rely on my feelings to find any interest because it could be a lack of creative thought about that. 
Yeah. I do think though that this there is an extra level of meaningfulness that you go into when you go into the personal. Like when you make the observation about how the desk is green and you ask why I wonder why the they painted that green. That's not as meaningful as if you put in it's not as meaningful, but it can be if you uh, explore it enough, right? It's just all exploratory based. And it, it will have to be have some personal resonance to it. It probably will, yeah. but at least you can begin with something on the, that on the surface yeah, is I think excluded that is still from on, yourself. That is still on the surface. If it does, however, facilitate conversation. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's far more likely that somebody's going to ask, why was this painting green yeah, as I mean, opposed to saying, oh, why is the sky blue? You don't just jump straight to... And I think exactly, the, the reason exactly for that is because when you have a conversation with somebody and you slowly narrow down the kind of walls in which you speak, or walls in which you where the content is you're trying to get to some kind of point you're trying to reach some kind of goal I think that's yeah. what every conversation is predicated on yeah, but I reach some kind of conclusion I think that's uh, why we get why, stuck is because it's not goal oriented why? Why, why do you have to have a goal yeah. in every conversation no, it's because because it's it's a goal. having a chat with a friend um, a conversation is goal predicated not it is it, it doesn't have to have a goal it's just the common nature of a conversation is predicated on okay, let's, a common goal. Yeah, right. I agree with that. And let's, let's, let's think of an example. Let's tell me any topic that you've talked about with somebody. It's on topic. I don't know. My favourite food? Yeah. Okay, so you've chatted about that with somebody else. Okay. See, yeah. there's no, arguably there's no goal to that, apart from oh. ex exploration of things, which the topic today is food, and your friend might share similar interests However, the, the goal still interest. remains about knowing. Yeah, and learning things. Learning I think that's probably a better phrasing what I was thinking, which is that whenever you talk in kind of increasing specificity, you you're trying to learn more and more about the person you're conversing yeah, with. Or about the topic you're talking yeah. about. Whereas so that, like, if you jump from a desk to the sky to, I don't know, chocolate, you're not learning about anything. That, that is though, it's still learning. So with someone you're, uh, romant or you're, you have romantic interest in, I think what happens is it becomes a box ticking exercise of how can I get to know this person in the fastest way possible? And that would include, what do you do at uni? What are your interests? What colours do you like? What foods do you what like? Colors? Because oh, okay. we're year six. I'm sorry. <laughs> we at all levels, at all age groups, you know, when you're a five-year-old, you say, who's your friend? Okay. What colours do you like? And so it becomes a surface level box ticking because anything more specific becomes obsolete in the goal of learning about that person instead of just learning so about the So the goal them. is different in this particular case. The goal here is to learn about the person. The goal when you talk about deeper conversations is sometimes learning about the person what they think about certain things, but it's always about that thing. It's okay. always about the thing that you're talking about. I don't think, in a deeper conversation, I don't think a goal is necessary because once you cross the barrier of uh, inter-specificity, you no longer need a goal because you are based purely on exploration and you could say yeah. well when you're when but you you're still out, okay when you're going for a walk yeah just for a walk your goal is not to walk 10 steps it's simply to walk but it's not a goal and the goal of walking is to get someplace yeah, it's a but that's goal that goal doesn't fill it that goal doesn't have an endpoint the endpoint the goal is the process yeah, i'm not saying the endpoint has to exist i'm just saying that when you enter a conversation you have to believe that an endpoint could possibly exist, or that you could reach some endpoint. It doesn't I, have to exist. I, 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 I think, I think there's an illusion of a goal, and since there is no endpoint, we probably can define that there is no goal to meaningful conversations. Because without an endpoint, a goal is completely abstract. There is no, there is no motivation to get to an endpoint such there is no goal. When you, when okay, you, okay, you, okay, okay. So think about this. When you hit a, get a hole in one, when you, in sport, a goal is completion for uh, uh, 
I'm not really talking about completion, though. Then it's I'm not talking... a goal, you see? Uh, How is the goal not completion? If I say my goal is to improve myself, there is no possible way that you can, can, can finish that process. There's no possible way that you can end improving yourself. So the goal is to get better and better and better and better progressively, but you're never going to finish that. Is it a goal then? I, I would consider that to be a goal. Is it not That's a set of, is it, to aim for? Is it not a set of values? My values are that I aim to do this. I desire this out, uh, this process throughout I my think, life. in my mind, saying I have a goal, I intend to do this, I would like to do this, they're all synonymous. Yes, however, with the idea of a conversation, I think people get conflated or get the con conflate the two terms, causing an actual function to change. I think we agree and we just disagree on how you define semantics. I think when it's practical, I think using the term goal ha has too many connotations of completion yeah. that it is actually detrimental to the nature of conversation. Yeah, so maybe, okay, maybe um, we can replace goal with something else, but I think whenever you enter a conversation, you always want to learn things. And I think that's, I that's do think, I do think, and that I would call it a goal. Take the view of a goal to a conversation in the sense of a sport, because you often get people saying, oh, I don't know what to say to this person, as if there is something that needs to be said. You know, they are attempting to fulfill a conversation. They're attempting to complete one. Because there's some intention to finish rather than to yes but i think that that and that, that is different from what i was alluding to yeah, in the I sense agree. that that is kind of saying i need to fill the gap there's too long of an awkward pause or you know i need to say something that invigorates the conversation yeah. also just in general that you're expecting something out of the process if you're looking at, at it as a goal-oriented thing you know I'll, I'll try to phrase it in like a more esoteric way uh we're talking about we came up with uh, the model between the, the contrast between the fulfillment model and like the happiness, the basic pleasures that people will look for. It's more like a completion model. Yeah. To fulfillment. Completion. It's arguably, the same, arguably the same word. Yeah, like box ticking type type um, incentive to do actions. And we were talking about fulfillment. Um, and we said that in the process of looking for fulfillment, you you find it. But we wouldn't we wouldn't say. That you the goal is to find fulfillment. Yeah, it's the process that gives it. Because to find fulfillment, you have to do things that are fulfilling. And you're but looking to do for things something. that are fulfilling. You have to do things that are fulfilling. So you find. Oh, so you find fulfillment from yeah. the pursuit of fulfillment. However, with enjoyment, you find enjoyment from completing things that are enjoyable. So with I, I when you like say happiness, it, happiness to find to find yeah happiness or pleasure. Pleasure is the right yeah, word. Yeah. To, so let's say you're cutting your lawn. Okay. You, you might you're mowing your lawn. <laughs> you might find pleasure in completing that task, okay. and you find fulfillment in the process of mowing your lawn. So you can't you can't chase fulfillment there. That's not your goal of that exercise. So why are we doing this podcast then? So if we did the podcast, what yeah, are we doing? What are we going to get out of it? Mike, see again, I don't. I haven't come into this with any intention, possibly consciously. I just want to do a podcast to do one. There's no, I don't want it, money or fame or... I'm not suggesting I didn't tell you it. But I can't consciously find a conclusion point at which I will be contented with doing this podcast. I mean, I'm, the thing is, I'm still not arguing that. I was just yeah. saying that a goal is... My perception of a goal is just completely different to what yours was. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think we agree. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah, simply... I think our problem is just that it has connotations to the box tipping, uh, ticking type of thinking that leads to pursuit of pleasure yeah. like the heat heat in the sick type thinking. i think we can liken that with conversations we want to have i'd say we want to avoid the box ticking yeah. completionist yeah. i uh viewpoint 
and people tend to uh, refer back to that that structure because it's the most common and yeah. the most yeah. obvious. And when what you're in the conversation, you're kind of like when you're saying the conversation with like the person you're romantically interested, you're ticking boxes because you're trying to find yeah. out. Okay, now I know this thing about her or yeah. him, and yeah. I can move on to the next thing yeah. that to learn. So yeah. climbing yeah. steps, but you don't want yeah. to climb exactly. steps. You just want to float to the top. Yeah. Uh, that's the idea with like bases as well. We talk about yeah. Yeah. first base, second base. You know, that, that's are, box ticking. There are um, abstractions or representations we've made in society, both artistically and literally, in terms of yeah. bases, in terms of you know, all types the of one. leagues, the one. I mean, even things that are completely unrelated to relationships. Like we were speaking about speaking. You know, how do I speak well? How do I know how to articulate myself? Yeah. If you think I have to speak well, if that is something that, that is the goal. If that is the goal, then that's I, okay. I'm trying not to use goal just because we're trying to find another yeah. word. Yeah, but, go ahead. Or if it's something that target, I want to complete, target, yeah, if it's something that I want to complete, then. It becomes a case. It becomes difficult because you have to climb steps. Now you're suddenly focusing on how you speak and not necessarily what yeah. you say. Yes, but that's that's the problem with my thinking as well, and I recognise that because my goal is kind of to come across as intelligent. Maybe maybe that's one part of it. Yeah, and that that it, when, once that becomes a goal, then that distracts me from what is really what I really want from it, which yeah. is just the process. And those things are illustrated in society. So what yeah, have you got yeah, we're socialized into it. We're socialized into it, and there's an innate hierarchy within us that that social or within our social systems, which um, just say it, just say it. Which okay, which um, motivate or which facilitate that nature. So um, I think we've got re- relationships. We've got tiers. We've got the league structure. Like oh, oh you've got you've got learning. League. learning. You've got different age groups. Conversations. You've got. Into levels of intimacy, like you can actually judge. Oh, we're on a surface level conversation. Right. What what right does someone have to make that uh, articulation about or make that observation? How is that judgeable? Is it judgeable? Can you not have a meaningful, intimate conversation about the weather, or is that just perpetually surface level? Are these all just representations made made by society, which are nothing more than illusions, yep. or are they actual factual things that are? used to motivate that are inherent to our s- structure as a human so it's a question i guess of categorizing things in our world yeah other, ca- other categorizations of us are in our world for a to are they to facilitate this model of happiness and completion or are they something more innate I think it's a question of, okay, so we categorize something to make it easier to comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a surface level conversation. This is a deep level conversation. This is, I don't know, um, this or that. That makes it easier to think about. But by the same token, once you start thinking about things in categories, giving giving them labels, then you start thinking about the label itself and not necessarily what that thing may entail. So we're almost in like late stage categorization in which the categories that we have created as a society... The categories matter more than the thing itself. itself. Like if you say I go to a a top 100 university in the world, Mm. that carries more weight than the actual content of what you may say. And so the categories... That's more important than why they are in the top 100. Yeah, they actually overrode the purpose they were there for. That's the thing as well. I read in that book, I hate to bring this up again, Realism, uh, read the book. Yeah. Uh, there's a shift in priorities between the representation of a thing versus the actual substantive, um, I guess you would say, 
I, I don't want to use products, but thing just say, the, content the thing itself, the content itself. Thing in of itself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now the thing, the representation the of the thing more has more value yeah. than the thing in of itself. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, that's what always bugs me about English essays. I've yeah. already mentioned this, which is, which is that um, often, you know, a teacher, I, I had pretty decent teachers, so this never really happened, but I've chatted to other people and I will always ask, okay, find the theme. What is the theme? What is the yeah. theme of this particular yeah. essay? Or this, or this particular text? The representation is more valuable. Yeah. yeah, rather than just saying what you think and then perhaps getting to that representation or getting to that categorization yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, I think the conversation we had about literary analysis uh, as well, that fits really well into this because we're looking to evoke the emotion first. We're supposed to evoke the emotion first and then we can know what the terms mean. So um, I think Sagan calls it Call it an emotional requisite of prerequisite. insight. Prerequisite the of insight. Emotional prerequisite yeah. of insight is where so you have to insight yeah, is predicated on the emotional uh, enlightenment you feel before yeah. the uh, analysis. Yeah. Analysis or before the contextualization yeah. of that thing. So, so, so when you're watching a movie, you feel the tension of the the climax or of the build up, and you feel the payoff of the climax or the intricacies of the emotion and you might talk about it afterwards but if you pre uh, predispose a label onto those yeah. feelings and you, look yeah. for that. you yeah. undermine that feeling yeah. itself and you lose any possible worth or well value of that label in the insight like it's in that's insight actually a really interesting point and that's why I think to a certain extent this is, this is applicable to spoilers in movies um, not just about the content, but if somebody is to tell you, well, at this particular point, there's going to be a jump scare, and you'll feel then you scared. know that it's going to be a jump scare. You know that something's yeah. going to happen. You know that there's a certain category into which this action yeah. is going yeah. to fit. And so when you listen or watch, you know, listen to a movie. When you watch the movie, you do. You think, oh well. I mean, you do listen, but you also watch the movie. You think, oh, okay, well, there was a jump scare. I can put that into a category already. So I'm not having, I'm not experiencing that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I think more applicably. You, if you have applicably, applicably relevantly relevant, that I don't think that's a word. Yeah, more relevant. Anyways, it's an more thing. Word. Yeah, it's <laughs> in, in literature. you uh, when you're learning literature, English literature in class. Yeah. When you get told that this is what the story is about first, before you go into it, you, yes. you, you're already putting it into a categorization that yeah. um, that, and then you try to fit that, fit that into the box. Yeah. You you contextualize it's, it in. In that sense, Someone you can would read you can that. only look at the text in that box. You can no longer yeah, yeah. come up or really come up with this, something original or something yeah. that's yeah. you know personal. Even if, even if you're not coming up with something original, it, it is the process in which you come up with that yeah. that is re yeah. relevant without so outside influence. Yes, yeah. I'll give a more specific I, I, example. Yeah. So, so it, if you feel like a extreme sadness or something, and and then and then you feel that sad, the word sadness doesn't quite explain what exactly you feel yeah. and then you describe that feeling but there's and then, and then you think is there a word for this feeling and then if not you come up with it if there is you find out the word for it and the, the word could be misery for example or melancholy or something yeah. Yeah. and then that, that would have a personal emotional significance to you and when you use that word it's actually meaningful because the word itself is never means nothing we create and you had the process yeah, yeah. going you have up to, have to come the, to the conclusion that's the that emotional prerequisite insight you have to yeah. have the insight first and then you assign a label to it yeah, yeah. and so this is yeah. for convenience because this that's the point of categorizations we create it for convenience of um, assigning things we already know and then yeah, the point the problem is right now um, these categorizations are entrenched before we know the thing itself yeah as a child they are taught what 
certain feelings are or if 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 a ch- child is religious they may read the bible and be be given a sum an, an analytical summary of the emotion you should experience from this text before yeah. reading the actual text yeah. and so there's a that that pre prerequisite of uh, of prerequisite of emotion is, is the most significant fact it, as it li- it's like into the process in that in that uh, in that process it is the process in exploring an idea or exploring emotion it's kind of like learning things by being thrown to the deep end like that's always the best way to learn things because you make mistakes um, but you figure things out for yourself like even it this is kind of sound like a weird analogy but I'm working at checkout in in, yeah. in, in the supermarket right mm. um, I was told how to do things, but whenever I was tested, whenever a, a customer came up and said, hey, I want to do this, I would just forget it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I wouldn't actually understand how it functioned. Yeah. So I would have to sort it out for myself and figure out how to use the, 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 the machinery myself. And once I figured it out, then I knew it better. Did you get yeah. sort of an yes. ah moment where you learned how to do it in the moment? You sort yeah. of go, ah, that, that, that's that. Uh, that's sort of an enlightened feeling. Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah. that's what I always say about. Right. Oh, sorry, I'm cutting you off. But uh, yeah, that, that's what nice. I always say about <laughs> about like reinventing the wheel. I always stress that it's it might be hard to it might be difficult to reinvent the wheel the first time, but then you continue that pro- the idea is you continue that process organically, and then you get better at it. Mm-hmm. You get better at inventing different things. I think we liken this or name this a uh, reinvention process. Or reinvention theory. Yeah, that, see, we came up with the theory first, and then we uh, this, named the theory. This reverts back to the model of um, sort of artistry, where a behaviour is ingrained in society, usually innately, um, or often innately, or at least conditioned unconsciously. Then that behaviour is observed by someone. That observation is then articulated. That articulated is then put into art, or the articulation itself is the art, and then that art or articulation is consumed by the public. From there, it, no, it becomes a categorization, and then becomes a behavior again. Yeah, so and then the idea is the categorization becomes more known than the phenomenon itself. Yes, and that's what you get with something like girlfriend boyfriend. The 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 name I think now has more value. Yeah, it supersedes the original behavior yeah. that was observed. Yeah. Like school is a really yeah. good example. School's the best actually because school would have been uh, an, an articulation an abstract articulation of a behavior carried out by people. Yeah. People would have collaborated and someone would have said, this is what school is. Where we are now, this collaboration is school, right? And that name, school, would have then become a well-known phenomenon. It would have then become a categorization of the phenomenon and then it becomes the behavior again. And when it divulges back into the behavior, it's usually when it gains more value than the actual phenomenon yeah. had in the start. That's how you get people saying uh, the, the mindset that a school is the only place to learn. And then yeah. when they're out of school, you get. Like I, school I heard this the other separation. day. Yeah, yeah. You get like, oh, I'm enjoying doing nothing right now. But yeah. because you're completing a goal in school, you're trying to. It's almost as a job it, to learn. You are yeah. you are fulfilling categories in school. Yeah, yeah. That's why we um we, we created this process as a, as a noun, right? Like this is the process, not the not the verb adjective one was it the. not the verb process you know this room is a process right because we want it to, it to be abstract and and the process could be anything we want it's just a the idea is that it's a it's a space within which we can communicate communicate ideas and um where the process is important so it could be a room like this it could be an entire house it could be a country 
it, it could just be in our heads. It could be, yes. Like, like, I think probably the best way to describe everything we've been thinking about is to look at those two posters on the wall. I know that people listening won't be able to see these posters, but basically what it is is that we have titles at the top of certain logical fallacies or things like that, and then we have descriptions at the bottom. And it's so much easier to see the titles and the descriptions because the titles are shorter, they're catchy, yeah. they're easy That's to good. comprehend. But the descriptions are actually one of the things that matter. Yes. And so yes. it would make more sense to yeah. put the descriptions at the top and the titles at the bottom and the smaller text. Yes. So you read the descriptions first, you understand those descriptions, and then you're told what it's called yeah. as opposed to the alternative. Exactly. But you learn it's the easy explanation to do the opposite. first. Yeah. That's what I do with my tutoring as well. I, I give the explanation first. Uh, well, I ask them if they know the thing first, obviously, and then I give the explanation. And then I tell them that um, this is what you should get out of it or, or, or something. Because, because you, at, that, at some point you do have to get to that specific point because yeah. we are still in the system where we value goals, we value box ticking. Or we value categories. Yeah. Because yeah. With, with most education systems, they predicate their learning on a categorization of things. Yeah. And so you have English, and within English you have more micro categories and those categories have to be f uh, completed in order to complete the overall English because yeah. you can complete English complete at English. school yeah that's a really <laughs> good complete English. Uh, I, I think this is a really good analogy that we, we keep using is the idea that we can be past tense educated mm. so yeah. the goal implying that the goal is to learn complete learning that's that's the box ticking again. Yeah. You, you complete it and then there's nothing more. Because we have categorized those things which yeah. were abstract yeah. or before that weren't even conscious. They were unconscious behaviors. We abstracted them into, you know, oh, we've now completed learning and now we've made them into factual processes within yeah. society such as getting a degree that suggests there's some completion of something. And it is again based on categorization. Yeah, I kind of want to read this again. I don't know if you, I, 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 I read this in the call, but I, I just want to read it again for everyone to hear. Um, so I think some really smart guy said this. It sounds very, very intelligent. So just don't get your minds blown away. <laughs> um, so it says this: Our purpose is to each become a more and more specialized cog in, a in the machine, and to do so as quickly as we conceivably can, because that makes us society as a whole the most efficient. And then. Um, I have another an, another document that that talks about how our obsession with efficiency is 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 a problem, and as it continues on with, we are valued more when we specialize earlier. One is described intelligence, discipline, and other such traits widely considered to be positive when one finds his true calling. And you get that with um, not just studying and career. You get that with partners. You get you find the girlfriend that you're looking for, the, one, the yes. perfect one. You know. When one declares his major early, uh, uh, such as in his true calling, such as in study and career, when one declares his major early or settles into a stable job early, we're praised. This seems a strange contradiction in light of society's emphasis and endless preaching of it's the journey that matters, um, as, opposed, as opposed to the destination. The problem with our obsession with uh, efficiency and hedonistic box ticking, however, has long reached beyond the policy sphere. We are now similarly socialized. Uh, socially incentivized in this way. Don't know what your interests are? Well, that means you don't know yourself. Don't have a clear goal of study by the end of high school? Well, at worst, you become ridiculed as incompetent or you know, social outcasts at times, and at best, just we're worried about you. That you're supposed, this is not what's supposed to happen. Uh, that is all in addition to the disadvantage 
uh, one must endure for a lack of direction caused by our financial system. Now I'm just going to call you there. Uh, perhaps more generally, our fixation on finding an identity, the implication being we can have, past tense, found an identity, perfectly encapsulates this problem. Such fixation is reinforced by our innate desire to fit in by conforming. And that uh, the idea is that that overrides our curiosity, which I believe is something that's inherent. Um, our innate desire for in-groups is just one of many such uh, mechanisms exploited by our systems of organization. Um, like the surface level appreciation as is the basis of uh, what's the model we talk about? The happiness one, the completion based model, yeah. I guess, uh, being another. As such, oh, there's a bunch of things in between, but the conclusion is, as such, there is much we are incentivized not to experience. Life's value derives from the substance inside the box, not the box itself. Uh, as we become socialized into the tradition of goal-oriented thinking earlier and earlier, that's the idea of you get schools um, teaching kids to specialize earlier. Like, uh, if you learn algebra in year four, you're better than the person who learned algebra in year five. We, 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 we get, we're getting it earlier and earlier, and I think that's a problem. Um, we, now more than ever, so as we get earlier and earlier, as we start to value this earlier and earlier, we, now more than ever, are desperately in need of a mode of being that goes beyond the pure box-ticking lives which we are incentivized to live now. And that's where we get to the conclusion of we need a new model. That's the fulfillment. Mm. We'll, we should look for... Or at least not a new model, but there needs to be conscious intervention within the current yeah. model to, to value... Fulfillment. Uh, fulfillment over completion. Process yeah. more than completion. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, how... how Things that are inanimate, or things that are, yeah, there's no other way to phrase that, have kind of always been categories. Yeah. Um, you know, you have sand, you have air, you have water. Yeah. Naturally, naturally, you can understand those things. Yeah. yeah. But it's convenient for us to name them something so that you don't have to explain yeah. what they mean every yeah. time you talk about them to something. There's somebody. Yeah. But um, the significance comes from knowing it first, knowing what it means first. Yes, but it's interesting how. First of all, we apply that, those categories now to people, yep. and then how the categories have become incredibly important and the most relevant, not just for those things that are inanimate, like what we mentioned, yeah. I mentioned before, concepts. but now for people, now for the things that we do when we live. Yeah. Because I think I think a nice way of likening this is to, to is not late stage capitalism, but late stage categorization, <laughs> in which the time in which we've done things is too long for the nature of categories. You almost need to recreate categories every once in a while. Yeah. Otherwise they begin, to, the wheel. they begin to supersede their original intention. Yeah. They no longer are, are about convenience, but also efficiency. And those are slightly different. And now we're yeah. skipping the convenient and, and, or not we're skipping convenient, but we're skipping a stage in the process for the sake of development. Of for the sake of convenience, yeah, for okay. the sake of efficiency. So I think the difference between convenience and efficiency, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the difference between the two is that with convenience, at least in my mind, you learn something, then you call it something just so that you don't have to keep learning yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Know. Whereas efficiency is skipping the learning yeah. because it takes time. And you get this really uh, well illustrated with the current identity debate, right? You, you get people assigning labels before they know what it means or before they know uh, what people are, you know, like fascism, uh, a communism you know, that's the most most common label assigning things that uh, acts as a moral condemnation whereas those words don't mean as much anymore because or well, that words mean as much 
but the meanings behind the words mean nothing. To call someone a fascist still holds the same weight. You're calling someone a fascist, it's not a good thing. However, the actual behaviours that undermine or underlie that definition now are not relevant. It is more yeah. the label that's relevant. Yeah, yeah. It's the moral condemnation that yeah. they're looking for. Morally, it's not... a judgement can be made in a word instead of in yeah. an observation of yeah. 10 hours of behaviour. So are we suggesting that not only that we're not learning things and using categories to replace that learning, but actually what we're doing now in many cases, it was that we're using categories to describe things that are simply not what that category should be used to describe. In a way, yes. Yeah. Uh, so possibly there's a conflation of, so a Nazi, instead of meaning what being a Nazi means, so being a Nazi means what? It's usually you know, like, yeah, I'm gonna like in the 1930s. Oh, <laughs> or neo-Nazis, hyper-nationalism, usually racism, things like that, you know. Now calling someone a Nazi is synonymous with calling them a bad person. Yeah, yeah. It has See, lost its, its and, and, and technical definition and has become now simply a categorization for efficiency. And what's important is not that it's completely... It's, okay, let me rephrase that. You can call someone a Nazi and that could be true. Yes. It could be true. Yeah, But absolutely. the problem is that people find it easy to call somebody a Nazi irrespective of whether that person's actual beliefs correlate with Nazism. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so what we're finding is that while being a Nazi means something, it's, it should mean something. Yeah. It's meaning less and less because people are throwing the word and trying to throw it at a bunch of different walls and seeing if it sticks as opposed yeah. to throwing it at the wall that it yeah. should you know, You know what's kind of funny? Be. People always talk about, people always get annoyed that people using Nazi, you're a Nazi as a, as a, a moral condemnation label, but yeah. it happens nearly as much with socialism, people always throw around, oh, you're a socialist, as if that's a bad, inherently yeah. bad thing. I think yeah. the issue there is that we can, most people would agree being a neo-Nazi is, is not a good thing, whereas yeah. with socialism, I think some people disagree purely on the technical side as well. I think it's more well if you're like a Stalinist. Yeah. 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 That, would, that would probably be comparable to those, that, those are the comparable. Yeah. The, yeah. Those are the that, would be, that would be more um, parallel. So, yeah. In the same way, you're a nationalist or a communist, possibly. Something, uh, that's something Cat catalyst. Catalyst, yeah. It's more of a conclusion. Yeah. yeah, doesn't just Cinder Argento call itself a social democrat, which it kind of has socialism in it somewhere, and that's perfectly acceptable. So I think yeah. you're right yeah. in suggesting that socialism isn't actually. It's too. Ob uh, it's it's not objective enough, whereas yeah. Nazism is objective enough, or yeah, Nazism is, is objectively enough bad that it's well, correlated so strongly is, with badness. Yeah, yeah common perception is bad It's just a synonym, synonym for bad. Yeah. Synonymous. <laughs> it's synonymous. Bad with certain characteristics which are now becoming increasingly vague. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sort of point. Yeah. 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 I need a break. <laughs> so we're talking about this happiness model and and fulfillment model. And we sort of started to sketch out what, what it could mean in terms of the structure of how things work, because there are structures. You talk about how we structure society. Yeah, how we structure yeah. society, and it, this sort of correlates with how a conversation goes. Just for the fact that um, I've been finding when my when I'm sitting down with people and they're eating, what most mm. people revert to is a simple pleasure, a simple pleasure, a simple observations paired with the simple pleasures of consumption of food. Yeah. So uh, this model is under underlied by an innate biological motivational reward system. 
So we all need these reward systems to exist. Yeah. I think I, I compare it with uh, social media, scrolling through social media. Instead of talking, yeah. Yeah. So you get a simple yeah. alternative. To Easy things. stimulation. And um, we broke this up into the happiness model, which is predicated on the simple nature of happiness or of enjoyment or of uh, pleasures. Yeah. You took the box, you're happy. Yeah, it's a completion-based structure. Okay. Sort of, uh, there is a slight anticipation of reward, and then you're rewarded when that reward is completed, essentially, or when the completion of a task uh, occurs, creates a reward. Um, oh, okay. So there's that judgment of the environment. That's the basis of the simple happiness model or completion model. So the most important part is the judgment, and that's where categorization comes in. Because without the categorization, judgment of the environment becomes too difficult and you are unable to simply judge good and bad, yes and no, reward, punishment. Okay. From there, you have predetermined expectations which define emotional response. Mm. So without an expectation of a response, you are unable to judge good and bad. Yep. You are unable to judge reward or uh, punish. Yep. And that's mm. where the, the, the most significant dichotomy is between the punish and reward. Yep. Then you move up another level and it, it becomes more applicable and observable in society where you have goal-orientated completionist thinking or structures. You get a degree, that's a structure. You have time frames, you have time intervals, and you have conditions to complete. And those two things help facilitate reward. And that reward is again linking right back to the beginning, happiness or, or, or uh, pleasures. The next stage up is the model, the simple nature of the happiness model. Uh, facilitates its its own mass marketing because it is simple and it is easy to show it's easy to uh, incorporate into certain aspects or into societal structures or into interpersonal relationships and this means we are now seeing most of our structures in society predicated on this simple happiness completionist model yeah because that's also e most easily marketable most easily marketable so the capitalist system is predicated on completion in that when you complete something, you are rewarded. The education system is predicated on completion, where again, you finish, you get rewarded. Yeah. Again, there's punishment involved, but that's just a extra incentive to search for that reward. Our interpersonal relationships are like that, with gifts, with birthdays, with Christmases, with months, days, New Year's. Yeah. New Year All of these things are predicated on simple categorizations of the conscious world in order, not simply for convenience, as we said, but for efficiency to reward. And so we're skipping the step of convenience, of just associating words with definitions, and we're moving into the uh, convenience to reward. Okay. Yeah. So can I ask you a question then? Yeah. So we've, as you said, you know, basically everything in our world is categorized. Yeah. And it's categorized not just for convenience, um, but also for efficiency. Yeah. yeah. My question to you is, what things must we relearn or what things must we deconstruct a little bit yeah. um, so that we don't just focus on the category and so we can actually start kind of reinventing the wheel again. Yeah. Because I don't think it's, I mean, it's probably... I really like that analogy. I wonder who it came up with it. <laughs> I, I really don't think it's, it's, it's feasible, obviously, to suggest that we should relearn everything in this yeah. world. I think what this is is simply an, an initial observation of the structure of society first. Yeah. The alternative, the only alternative we've established is based more on our, uh, it's, it follows the model of observing a behavior pattern. So you observe the feeling of fulfillment. It's uh, a, a deep, innate guiding mechanism between 
the known and the unknown, or ex exploration and uh, comforts. And that model is you are rewarded through emotion for the process of partaking in a behavior rather than the completion of that behavior, which then suggests you can uh, remove the uh, completion reward-based system and instead, and which I think is important because we have addiction problems and overconsumption as a huge problem in society where it's predicated on the idea, the more I complete, the more I reward. Whereas with this fulfillment model, it's the more engaged I am in the process, the more fulfilling the process in of itself becomes. And that fulfillment is the innate feeling we feel when we feel yep. uh, orientated and meaning. Yep. And that, that arguably is what meaning is in our lives, instead of that happiness. So can you use, use an example for that? How would you compare the fulfillment model to the completion model? Um, I'll use uh, making a song. Okay. Okay, so when you're making a song, there is a process in which you need to make the song. You need to first talk to your friends. I need someone to play the drums. Well, you might need to learn the drums. All of this, nothing is sellable. Nothing is marketable yeah. during that process. Yeah. That's fulfillment. You might, have you ever felt really, really good when you're in the process of creating something? Yeah. That's, that's the feeling I think we're assigning fulfillment to. However, you, I think you've also probably felt happiness at completing making that thing. It's more of a, uh, uh, not fulfillment, but a satisfaction. It's more of a satisfaction feel yeah. or satisfying happiness okay. when you complete something. So when you're making this song, you feel fulfillment in the yeah. creative exploration. I've done it. Or during. Yeah, it's most describe, yeah. There's the uh, exploration. There's the balance between the known and the unknown. You are, you are gaining insight into the future or into society whilst already having a base to work from. When you complete that song, however, you are quickly rewarded because it is easily categorized into completed. You yeah. might you might title the file of your music or of your song final, final draft or copy yeah, or, or final copy. And that's the only thing that's sellable. Yeah, you the idea about it as yeah, the idea is we should capture those processes because yeah. that's what's important. That's in interesting. So I, I want to talk a little bit about addiction because you mentioned that, and, and I, I think unless I'm wrong, which case tell me. Um, but well, you're wrong. No, no, I, I, I thought that what he was alluding to um, was that when you're addicted to something, um, you think that whenever you complete that thing, it'll give you some kind of satisfaction, in which case you'll do it again and again and again and again and again. Is that what addiction is? Or do you think addiction is more that when you're undertaking the process, you enjoy that, in which case you do it again and again and again, despite the fact that maybe completing that may be detrimental to you? I'd say addiction is predicated on the completion for the fact that most things that are addictive are incredibly simple and incredibly direct. So injecting straight into your vein is more addictive than smoking something because of the directness and it's easier. significance of the chemical and neurological response to that substance. Oh, okay. So you're saying that there's far less a process in that thing itself than yeah. there is a, a satisfactory aspect of yeah. completion. So we see the most direct means of satisfaction are the most addictive in society. So what about when you're high then? When you're high, it's, it's very direct. So is the process of being high the satisfaction that is emanated from completing that injection? Being high is the goal. Okay, the chemical response is, yeah. is, does a, uh, 
originate from the chemicals. So actually drug. injecting the drug you're in the first place is the process, but it's not yeah, particularly... You're skipping the whole process, basically, because it's so easy to... It's so direct, yeah. yeah. So the process of, uh, of injecting a drug could be quite fulfilling. Yeah. I was yeah it would be that. strangely fulfilling, and I doubt many people would feel that because of the anticipation. Mm. Because antici- anticipation is linked with happiness, and that's why we see a huge anticipation with addicts in to do their certain thing. That's so interesting though. So like if you eat something, anything, doesn't have to be McDonald's, it could be kale. Yeah. Okay. So you eat that thing just chewing it. Oh, that's nice. You know, I like chewing. <laughs> yum, chewing yum. The chewing is, is, is sort of conflated with both though, because you've completed somewhat. <laughs> yeah, you've completed some, some of the food by chewing yeah, it yeah. and then swallowing so it. So that swallowing and satisfaction, there, oh, is, yes, there is a chemical yeah. response. Okay. You know, you, you might get a dopamine reaction from gambling in which there is huge pleasure from doing it. Yeah. And there is also a process there. However, what's more significant is that dopamine response or that sudden kick of positive emotions. So I guess with eating, yeah, there's a conflation because it is a long process whilst doing the completing. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. So if we go back to making a song, and I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So if you, if you make a song and then you, I don't know, maybe you're making it um, on some kind of digital application or something and you put two notes together and they sound fire now when you're putting those two notes together that's a process when you play those notes they sound fire now is that is playing those notes completion you could make it claim no because it's not completing the goal of that process which is to make a song also at that point it's not marketable yet yes the idea i mean you could theoretically sell just two notes you could could. well i think more to the point the uh intention of that process is to finish oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So whenever you okay, so 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 whenever you enter a task, you always have a goal in mind, and if that goal isn't quite reached when you're doing something, then that thing is fulfillment, or that thing is you undertaking the process. Yeah. It is only once that thing is that thing that you wanted to do, that goal is reached when you everything else that you feel afterwards or that you feel during the actual completion of that goal is um, a satisfaction. Yeah. It's it's likened to finishing work at the end of the day. Yeah. or gain, earning money so uh, studies were published of people find less enjoyment in a task if they get money for it than if they don't get money for it which yeah. suggests by having a a completion based structure reward to or reward system to the task the focus is then uh, moved reward. away from the fulfillment of the task itself of the process of that task to the completion of that task and the, the happiness, the short-term response you get yeah. from completing it. Hmm. And that seems to be constant across most things, basically everything. Yeah. So how does this link back, and I probably could could figure out an answer if I thought about it for a bit, but how does this link... If you had a brain. Funny. How does this link all the way back to, uh, you know, I chat about categorizing stuff. So is categorizing like a byproduct of completing something? Categorizations are, uh, are models put in place to create uh, completion efficient. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, it actually makes sense, yeah, because you don't need to think about the process. You just, just need to think about what that thing is, and then, yeah. By saying You're skipping school, the process yeah. again. Yeah. By saying school is a con- uh, is a rigid construct, you complete it at three o'clock, and you are you pleasurable and satisfied that you have finished school. You go home, and you're able to sit around being pleasured by the fact that you've completed it. <laughs> or something else. <laughs> or, but yes, yeah, like, <laughs> you might feel happy that you've completed it. Sure, but it's still okay. predicated on the categorization for efficiency. Okay, so then what things in this world? Okay, so what things? So so what things in this world are so important that they require a societal shift 
from completion to fulfillment. I think education is the first one no. because there's a lack of curiosity wow, within point. young people to to simply learn. So I'm I'm not at university, and I, when I mention that, a lot of people say I also study courses in my free time. Yeah. A lot of people ask why, and I say because I want to. Learn. I want to. Yeah, I want, I want to, to engage in the it's process. It's interesting for me. I find fulfillment, hmm. and so that's where through my yeah. model of education, I have no task to complete. Yeah. I have no time uh, restriction in terms of uh, I have no finished date and I also have no finished uh, category. I have no way of completing. There is an inability to complete my <laughs> education simply because of the structure I put myself in. Yeah, and that's not to say that people at university are always focused on completion, but it is to say that the, the, exactly the, 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 the formulation of university, the structure it is, is, is predicated on completion. Yeah. You yeah. get your degree, we you get your grades, you into it. Like that. Yeah. It's not that inherently people uh, focus always will focus on the goal is that we're socialized into that structure yeah because yeah. Um, that's what university tells you is important finishing the essay submitting an assignment I think innately we have a tendency or no innately we have a reliance on motivational systems yeah but the yeah. system that is currently socialized is that happiness yeah it only reinforces mode. the completion part. yeah and that's because it's easier to measure I think and to, market. to measure and market yeah, yeah because so, in this world you know if people are going to Again, I mean, I'm going to, I'm saying if people are going to work, but then working requires having a certain job, which is again as a category. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to say that basically, if if we have a world in which people have to work in certain jobs, and as you mentioned, you know, take their place in the cog society, yeah. then we need something to measure their supposed the ability. Value. We need to observe yeah. the process. So education, in in a way, is measuring value and the higher value suggest the higher reward and you can't measure value by saying how fulfilled you were you during that well how yeah, fulfilled, that's fulfilled where were you during the process exactly. that's where it becomes difficult without yeah. saying as well that's it's, where it's impossible to implement yeah i'll say it now we can cut this we, we should cut this later but it, that's the problem with um com the collectively owned model it's because we we have to have some way of um incentivizing fulfillment looking for fulfillment yeah and my disagreement with you is that i think fulfillment is enough in and of itself to act as an incentive for I people to engage that. in that i can see that yeah, yeah. and it requires however a avoidance of any possibility of simple because i think what yeah, happens yeah. and you see that with social media is a conversation is more fulfilling than a conversation is more fulfilling than a text message, right? Would you agree? In person, more yeah, fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. You feel more engaged. Time runs faster, possibly. Mm. However, the issue becomes the we have a tendency to revert to the simple because it suits our motivational structures yeah. better. And so, if you have a simple solution, mm. people yeah. will always revert to that. Yeah. And I was thinking before we even started getting um, into this discussion about fulfillment and about um, satisfaction and the kind of difference between those two things. I thought about, okay, how could you have a world in which completion as a thing um, didn't exist and that you derived all your fulfillment from actually undertaking a certain process as opposed to getting to the end of that process and thinking, aha, I have done that, yes. Yeah, the aha is the thing. Eh? Okay, and I think, I thought, I was thinking, well, okay, the only way to avoid that is to, and to, by by, by definition, avoid this, this problem when we categorize things and then slowly over time kind of forget what the meaning is of yeah. that thing that we have categorized kind of the only way to avoid all of that stuff is to not talk to anybody at all yeah <laughs> at the very basis of it because yeah. talking to somebody telling somebody about something informing them of a certain thing and then calling that something 
over time where that person then tells another person then tells another person slowly the understanding of what that original thing was breaks down yeah. and it becomes simpler it becomes baser yeah. and so at the very end of the day when that fifth or sixth person along the line has been told about something they won't understand it as yeah. well as yeah. the first person yeah. the only way for that person to understand it as well as the first person is to learn it themselves exactly reinvent the wheel themselves yeah i think the idea is not that we should have a structure a uh, society structured beyond the idea of completion that we shouldn't have completion as yeah. an idea is that yeah. we we should keep stepping stepping back we should get everyone to notice that the completion is not there needs the that conscious intervention exactly that exactly yeah. because and what would happen is someone would give you that you would be the sixth person to hear about a definition yeah right and you yeah. would re you would rediscover what the yeah. meaning behind that means through a more open education model yeah. and they would do the same. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's impossible to have a scenario in which you're told about something then you think actually yeah. I want to go learn that myself. Yeah. I'm just saying that when you're told about something it's far less likely that yeah. you're going to yeah. go and try and learn yeah. about yourself. And so that's that's where solutions. the conscious intervention comes in. Yeah, there's two possible solutions that you do figure out some way in which you can motivate people to learn about things that they think they already know yeah. or alternatively you just somehow create a world in which you can't talk to anybody and everybody <laughs> figures out things for themselves yeah that's that's it because it's either purely individual or purely collective yeah and in between becomes too uh there's too much uh emphasis on the individual's agency to do it themselves and that almost no takes I, it out your I, own I don't hands. think that's necessarily the case because you the process you still engage in the process individually yeah it's the idea is that you you just continually collaborate um that you don't value the completion of I don't know looking for higher social status or something that is innate though that's sort of disconnected because you'd still have social status in a model where there's fulfillment however your your more obvious reward motivators yeah. Yeah. would be based on fulfillment overrides yeah. over, uh, the, the fulfillment overrides, overrides the, the others yeah. yeah so so to go back to um, I want to talk about how marketable Yep. Easy things are with <laughs> the education system. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. It's, it's, just, just, it's so easy to just look at statistics of how well uh, to determine to use that single statistic to determine how well people are doing in a certain school. How valuable they are. Yeah, yeah. Their, and then we assign value to that single statistics yep. because it's so easy. Uh, you, you can't possibly, or at least in the current structure, you can't possibly look at each individual person how they engage with the process uh, to determine how subjectively valuable valuable they are quote unquote um, so we use that statistic, statistic. Yeah. and then that's reinforced uh, from a top down perspective so for example the, the, the government the national government is uh, holding schools accountable for uh, good students having good students and what's the easy way to do that what's the easy way to signal that um, having a standardized test that shows uh, students in your school are doing very well in this in this test, and then the school goes top down into the students. They they hold the students accountable for doing well. What's the easiest way to uh, for students to signal that to the school? It's to do well on the exam, and that's where it's marketable because it's so easy to use a simple structure rather than um, more. I don't think individual is the right word. More Vague. personal and to do well on exam, right? Two ways to do that. <clears throat> number one is you learn the content and you enjoy learning it and so when you get into the exam you think yeah, damn I really I like you, you think I, I really like writing this essay you know all this maths question is, is, is great yeah. yeah and then the, 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 the likelihood is that you know when you complete that maths question or when you complete that essay 
it's good because you'd enjoy you enjoyed it, and so the quality is probably going to be quite high. Yeah, yeah. But the alternative is that you are told that you need to get a good need to get a good grade. That is the the, the goal yeah. that you're trying yeah. to reach, and so you study hard for that. And it may the study may be not may not be enjoyable, yeah. and some people may fall fall by the wayside because they don't want it or because other reasons, right? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it makes it more likely that kids will focus more on the result than the enjoyment. Yeah. Because while people may enjoy things, there's no guarantee that they'll do well in it. Yes, the guarantee is what I think is most relevant because without the guarantee, schools are not going to implement a motivational system yeah. in their schools. They need that guarantee. They need to start with the emotional element of this will make you feel good if you get a good result. Exactly. And, and that's why that's why it sounds so ridiculous when uh, people get a reaction. You get a reaction if you say something like, I really enjoyed that class or yeah. something. It's yeah. because that's uh, enjoyment isn't fulfillment is a better word. It's, it's not like a prerequisite yeah. for, for um, doing well on the exam. I think yeah. the best way of asking is leave an exam and ask who enjoyed it. Not enjoyed because in, again, enjoy is the wrong word. It's Who fulfilled. felt fulfilled from, com- from you undertaking can, the completion you can of the correlate, exam? You can correlate fulfillment by how quickly time yeah, passes. Yeah, I, I came up with yeah. this. Did that exam go quickly? And in most of my exams, I'd say not. But there's an occasional few where I did very little study, got very good results, and enjoyed the content <laughs> of the class. Yeah. Right? And that was predicated on me feeling fulfilled by the undertaking of exploring that subject. I didn't stick by any categories. I didn't do what I was told. I just f- uh, explored that thing. And they were usually English-based and unfamiliar style writing where I didn't know what I was going to do. Because it's the it, most abstract. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the same for me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and that's where you say, well, is that, that seems to be an example no, as well as of... Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that is, that, that's, I think, a lot of the cases. People yeah. struggle with the most categorized subjects because exactly. they are the exactly. they most... It's the easiest to do in the easy way. Yes. For, for, for science, for example, uh, Cambridge is especially bad for this because you have mark schemes and then people re- resort to just memorizing the exam uh, marking points instead of knowing, understanding the content. So in the exam, you get to the point where you're basically m- matching your memory. You're, you're being tested on the prompt instead of being tested on the content. Yeah. So you look at, uh, if you look at a question, the memorized things will come up, not... Uh, there's no normal, new novel thought. Yeah, there's no engagement with the It process. almost becomes a memory test, not a exactly. test of knowledge yeah. Yeah. and a test yeah. of understanding. Yeah. And again, the exams are the best example of completion because you complete the exam. When you leave an exam room, you yeah. f- usually feel very happy. Yeah. When you get your results and they complete your categorization of goods, you feel very happy. Again, there's, there's more than one point at which you can complete a task. Yeah. And those tasks always result in either punishment or reward. There's no feeling of, okay, that's fine, let's move on. There's, yeah. there's no good feeling and, but bad feeling. It's and I think it's, what makes it so clear is that people always have the mentality of, uh, I, I don't know if I did well on that exam, and that they value, how well they, uh, they value more how well they did on the exam than um, how... Fulfilling how, what, yeah, how well they engaged was yeah. exactly, exactly how engaging it yeah. was yeah because that's that's the point of learning in the first place it, it isn't to signal some uh, competence to 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 the world to the to the world well you could say it's structured that way well, yeah. but that the, the structure incentivizes that for innately sure innately it shouldn't be yeah exactly innately learning should be something that you uh, you value to the progress 
progress society rather yeah. than do to signal to society to stand highly in, in, in whatever system you yeah. structure yeah. you're in. Yeah. But wouldn't you need to have some sort of signal to society in order to, as you say, like pr- progress almost? Well, progression, because progression like, on, in terms of a signaling is progressing within society. We want society as a whole yeah. to progress. Hold on, give yeah. me an example, Josh. What do you mean? So what I mean is, okay, so what I'm saying is that... How do people know you're competent? Kind of. But also you need a kind of... You almost need an end point. I'm not, I'm, I, I agree with the idea that the end point shouldn't be the ultimate... Well, but the, the end point is... With, with an end point, we have the facility for the simple happiness reward structure without an endpoint it is impossible to re- be rewarded for completion yeah and we're still completing is, things we're just not uh sorry i cut you off again yeah we are com- we will still complete yeah. things yeah. however there is no categorization of completion yeah there is yeah. no the prerequisite of all insight and progression is emotion rather than set conditional categories yeah okay. exactly be- and because we're valuing a process we're creating we're almost pr- creating products during the process and not just at the end of the process for example with the exam example as i said the best results i got at the end of year 13 were the ones where the yeah. exam time went really quickly and i really didn't think about the results it was it was all predicated on the fact that i was engaged in the topic and i had an interest in what i was writing it wasn't simply to complete the task and that's where you say well a scientist looking to develop a study for cancer or, or, or a solution to cancer, they're not doing it to, with a reward, a monetary incentive to find the uh, solution to cancer. They're not doing it to find a um, fame incentive. Yeah, I think it's increasingly com- this way though. Complete. It is at the moment, but in the fulfillment model, these people would be doing it yeah. because of the engagement they have within that process, yeah. because of the innate fulfillment they feel from doing that process. Yeah. And the motivation is that huge drive of fulfillment rather than the more categorized money. And I think we've touched on this already, but I just want to go back and ask you this question again, just to make it clear. So if you just say, that you know, your best exam results came from exams in which you actually felt enlightened by the content while you were writing the exam. Why is it then that teachers, when they wish to get the best results for their students, tell their students, okay, you need good grades to um, get into XYZ University or whatever the case may be. Why do they not just try to make the content as enjoyable as possible for the students? It appears on the surface simple. Uh, Patrick's got a great uh, analogy he is now going to say. <laughs> no, 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 okay, uh, before I say that, because it's because we're still living in that structure that values it from the outside. But it also can, appears simple yeah, initially. Yeah, you could get a revolutionary teacher who, who values the, um, learning more than the goal itself, but yeah. the goal is still valued by society uh, outside of the, the classroom itself. So um, by just having a teacher that does that, it's not... It's not enough. Not significant enough. Yeah, yeah. There's no incentive for the teacher to put that extra time in there. Okay, okay, it takes more time. Rephrase then. Why would a school, which is a bigger entity than teacher, I recognise that a school's not the only thing that exists, but why would a school not encourage the students to enjoy class as opposed to just focus on exams? Again, it's the top-down model I talked about. They're held accountable by uh, whatever upper entity there is, the, the, the... the state government or the, the national government. But what I'm saying is that if, if a private if, school, if you enjoyed, 
you know, and, and, and got best results from the exams that, oh no, okay, so if, if there were certain exams that you're really enjoying and, like three. and you got the best results from it, surely schools would recognize that the best results emanate from instances in which these students really enjoy the content as opposed to just focusing on getting good grades. But that's not easy to do. And you would have also have teachers who do not understand how to teach the content, understanding of the content itself. It's so much easier to lay out what everything you need to know is and then get the students to memorize it. It's, I'm gonna use my analogy now because uh, I always use this. Because on the surface, uh, this is how I engage with learning in, in high school. I would always try to reinvent the wheel and make sure I understand everything. And at the beginning, that may seem, uh, um, it's perfectly reasonable to, to assume that at the beginning, it's much slower uh, to, to, to try to understand everything rather than memorize just the few points that you need to memorize. But then as you go on, you're building on that learning. If, and if you understand what you've done before, it's so much easier to reinvent other types of wheels. Mm-hmm. Since you've already in, invented um, one type of thing, it doesn't even have to be a wheel. It could be, and I'm going a little bit too abstract maybe, it could be a truck. A truck would be much easier to invent if you, know, if you knew how to invent the wheel. Okay. Right. And, and the idea is that um, the learning curve would be like this. It would be exponential instead of, instead of a straight line when you try to memorize things. Yeah. And mm, a lot of people, I feel, engage with only just that memorization uh, the whole time. And if people try to reinvent the wheel uh, the whole time, then the knowledge builds up. It connects uh, with your own knowledge. So, so am I correct in assuming that the only reason, because I, I would agree with that, and I was basically asking if that's the case, then why do schools not pick that up? And it's just, is, is, is the answer simply that it's just easy to choose the alternative, which is to encourage yeah, students yeah. to and memorize And we tend stuff. towards alt, uh, the easy, yeah. okay. as, as a society. The I think the way a school would be able to do this is privately funded to remove the top-down incentive model, and then they would rely on selecting highly interested teachers in order to facilitate this style of learning and use a separate metric for uh, categorizing the success of students. You might not ever do that. See, you might not ever categorize the success of students in, in, a, in a fixed way I just because of the reductive nature of it. I think this is the problem with a private model. A private model still works on a profit basis and it still has to work within um, within the outside system. If it's, it's For it to be profitable, it has to give outputs of students who are um, marketable to society itself. And and to really? do that, it's... It? A, yeah, it can no, simply be self-sustainable. Well, it's marketable, no, it's marketable in the sense that parents think that their kids are being taught well when they go to school. Yeah, taught uh, well rather yeah, than... Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, grades are reflective of having Taught well rather than will function well in society. But I think grades are reflective of being taught yeah. well. Possibly there's yeah, an incentive yeah. for parents. So, so you get... Yeah, exactly. You get parents um, who... It's so much easier to, for them to just look at that single exam result and be like, oh, my, my kid's doing well, or oh, my kid's doing shit, so I have to uh, get him tutoring or something, yeah. and, then, and then boost that grade up. That's the only thing they look at because it's easy. They don't want to, they're, they're giving, um, here's an idea I, I, I looked up as well, I, I read into about how schools are increasingly becoming babysitters rather than uh, yes. places of education. So. That, Parents are sending this uh, the the kids. Parents are sending their kids to schools to ask them to take care of their kids. Uh, they're expecting they're putting in an input and expecting an output okay. from it. We see that with kindergartens now more and more. 
kindergartens are becoming uh, preschools in which yeah. they are singularly caregivers and the exactly. the and nature of learning, the style of learning, the, the even content that children learn is far less relevant than how cheap it is and how long they get cared for. I think it, it, that's why I think it has to be a collaborative model. It has, it has to be the community, has to be right. yeah, uh, community engagement must be uh, an essential part of this. Okay, so there should be community engagement, aka teachers working with parents for two reasons. Number one, if parents work separately from teachers, they're going to ex so they're going to effectively see it as an input output in the sense that they put their kids in the school and they expect the teachers to perform. And yeah. the best way that a teacher can perform is to make sure that the kids get good grades. It's the, the signal that they're good. Yes, and so the way to do that is basically to pick the easy option, which yeah. is say, "Hey, kids, memorize the stuff. You'll yeah. get good grades." The kids and do that, and the parents like great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. What was the second thing? I can't remember. But that was basically that's basically the crux of yeah, it. Yeah. So so to ensure that you have um, you, that you avoid that problem, you know, where kids are memorizing stuff as opposed to actually learning yeah. things. You have a, a world in which parents can actually see into what's happening mm -hmm. with the education of their own kids. But then that still doesn't completely alleviate, because parents could still work collaborative, collaboratively with teachers and, 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 and see whether the kids learn things. But in, in, at the end of the day, you know, grades matter a lot. And because the outside system tells it that it has yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think the problem is still present um, almost more so in a privatized model because because you still have to signal to outside society that your kids are the kids that you taught is valuable and how do you do that the easiest way is to I think this is where you'll see a generational shift if you implemented something like this yeah so yeah. the the, the uh, job selector the person part of the company who's who's finding people to employ the employer would would start to value how yeah. engaged they are with the topic rather than their their output of Results. I think or even things. their passion about it. How how much of a smile they had on their face when they walked in for the job. Yeah, yeah. you get what Some I mean? people may look for that. Yeah. You could uh, the prerequisite could be that you have uh, that sort of school, and then you ha you need you need to have an employer who values that instead of uh, a degree. I mean, this may be relatively relatively applicable, if not exactly. But I watched this video um, on YouTube where Elon Musk said that. You know, you don't have to work for. I think it was Tesla, might have been SpaceX. I think it was Tesla. All of his companies. Um, you don't have. We won't. We won't. We won't rule rule out hiring you if you don't have a degree. Yeah. Um, what we're going to look for yeah, is Jesus. evidence that you've actually done things that are cool and which are relevant to um, the work yeah. that you would undertake. Yeah. So sure, that's still suggesting that he's looking for results. He's looking for completion of certain tasks, but it's not a case of him looking for just completion because sure. Well, surely, if you undertake things that are not affiliated with university, let's say you start up your own company or you undertake some kind of discovery, yep. right? There may um, there be a strong suggestion there that you actually have a passion for that particular thing and that you were filled by the process. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment a lot. But coming from the problem is right now, especially coming from like a billionaire's perspective, it's it's very out of touch that the current um, the current system doesn't allow for opportunities of this kind for everyone or, or anyone yeah. right now because there's no no such s school that I know of at least that um, that Evergreen. values <laughs> tries to value the process because it's kind of impossible because we're still in that system however you would just simply rely on a, a sort of a circle 
uh, yeah, like a, a organic growth. Organic growth in, this, yeah. in yeah. that model. Yeah, and I think it's it gets harder and harder the more we progress on this uh, on on the current trajectory that we're going because we're valuing uh, categorizations more and more efficiency. So we need to make a strong conscious intervention in order yeah. to oh, that's the question. as early as you'd, you'd start a school yeah you'd start a school and you'd advertise as no no, no but what we're saying is that sure you can teach your kids to be fulfilled as opposed to just just oriented on completing tasks but when they get out to the workforce the workforce is so predicated on just making sure that the people they hire have completed tick boxes however you'd you'd you'd, you'd uh, base your your work in the wider world not on engaging within current companies but yeah. but entrepreneurial shit yeah. on yeah, new development exactly. on creative thought and those are uh, pathways which are highly profitable highly needed you need creative thought you need insight and they are niches which are not filled but then that's basically just suggesting that everybody who gets out in the workforce can't be hired by another company they have to go alone or maybe to, that's a good to thing to change that, maybe to change that, that is, structure maybe that, that is how it could work or you 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 uh, at least Go out on your own initially to show the world your skills and. Yeah, it depends on what Elon Musk was suggesting, but yeah. I think to a certain extent, though, that's pretty unrealistic to sort of, to kind of suggest. It gets it gets more and more unrealistic the way the the more the longer and longer we wait because it, it's harder to become go outside the system. The more and more it's entrenched. Well, do you think everybody has the security to go out on their own? Exactly, that's but the that's point. what you'd provide with the uh, structure of this schooling model is that you are you have the no. skills to work in every aspect of a job that does not require higher education right because you have learned so much yeah. here i think his point is that uh, you would still need to get employers who do look for that yeah. sort of thing in the first place yeah and so, possibly you might need to have the school with its own research facilities yeah, its own exactly, system exactly in which it employs people based on not their school results or anything simply it could be a a, a two-year internship and and you'd employ based on how fulfilled yeah. and engaged the person appeared to be in the t subject rather than their... Because we're looking for simplicity. When you sit down for a job interview, it's all about how quickly they can judge whether or not you should be employed. Yeah, yeah but when you get down to a job interview, in, in the majority of cases, they pick you, you if you have a degree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's what I'm all, saying. It's all based on categorizing. So you'd have to simply create uh, alternatives to that to... Yeah. It's just what? That's what I'm saying. And it would be, it would be internally run... Uh, employment. Yeah, and we have to do that early. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The, the second best time is now. Oh, that sounds very cool, Pat. Because. But yeah. Well, okay. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Better now than I think never. you can yeah. also do this through a more social media style platform in which uh, people are disincentivized to go to university and are incentivized to engage yeah. in creative thought online where they are paid for their contributions. To give them some sta stability in their mm -hmm. lives, because a lot of the problem with people is they have no stability, economic stability. Okay. So they go to university to find a a uh, clear career pathway yeah. that they can they revert back to. And so you create a a little bit more of security through just yeah. engagement online, whether that would be hugely crowdfunded or or its own platform in it, in of itself. And I think the trajectory we're, we're on right now. Is problematic because it gets the requirements of uh, how long you need to be in the system to be to live a stable life gets Long. longer and longer. 
more and more people have degrees now, and so employers look for more more and more years in the education system. Or being so, like at the top of your game in their education. The exactly, exactly. Yeah. It gets harder and harder. That's, uh, it gets longer and longer. That's the point. Not harder and harder. But more, more, more investment. In yeah. Terms more of time, time investment. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it gets more and more difficult for for this type of new new structure to to come up. Mm. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah.